Good morning, everyone. Everybody dry? A little wet this morning. It was so nice yesterday. I don't like October because we get those windy days. Wouldn't it be nice if it just never was windy in October, November, the leaves just stayed on for just a little longer? Is that, are we asking too much just for that? I just love looking at the leaves. I love this time of year. A couple of years ago, um, we were staying with my parents. They, they rented like a townhouse up in the Adirondacks, and we were up there, and it was our last day, and we were getting ready to leave, and we wanted to uh, do some laundry because they had a washer and dryer there, and the electricity went off. So it was one of those lock washers where it locked in there, and we couldn't open it without getting a crowbar out. Now, I know what some of you are thinking right now, so don't judge us. Don't judge me. You're thinking you're in the Adirondacks, in the mountains, and you're washing your clothes up there. That's how the geraces roll. That's how we do camping right there. We, 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 we don't do the camping thing. We, we find a nice house, wash and dry. All our clothes are washed when we get home. That's how we roll, okay? So don't judge me, all right? So the electricity's out, and so, you know, my parents said, well, they were staying another day, and so I said, well, we'll, we'll get the, your clothes when the electricity goes back on. It did about five, six hours later. There's a car that went off the road, hit one of the telephone poles, and just, like, for miles, just all the electricity was gone where we're staying. And uh, isn't it interesting when the, when the power goes out in your house, everybody freaks out. It's like, what are we going to do? We, you know, and then you get the candles out. And then, and then when the power goes on, it's like a party in your house. It's like revival has broke out in your house. And people are, you're high-fiving each other. And, you know, your kids, you know, they're, you know, when the power goes out, your kids are over in the corner in a fetal position sucking their thumbs because there's no Internet. You know, there's no Wi-Fi. And they're like, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? You know, it's like, we're going to play board games. Remember those? Those are fun. We're going to get out the board games. And uh, it's interesting. We know when the power goes out. It's obvious when the power goes out. And, and what we're looking at over the next four weeks is we're going to look at the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives. What, how does the Holy Spirit make a difference in our life? And can the Holy Spirit make a difference in our life? And that's, I really want to dig into that because I think if we're not careful, um, we can miss this presence, this power in our lives. And, and, and I think if we're not careful in, in our Christian walk, we can end up walking in, in, our, in, our, in our walk with the Lord without having the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit working in us. And, and I think it's easy for us to do that if we're not careful. And I, I want to give you a statement right off the bat here, because the early church was clearly marked by the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Good. I just want to make sure everybody's awake this morning, okay? Um, if you read through the book of Acts, you can clearly see the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit that marked the early church. I, I heard a pastor say this statement, and, and it, it bothered me, not in a bad way, but just in a convicting way. And, and the pastor said this. He says, if the power of the Holy Spirit were turned off in our lives, would anyone else know it? Would we really know it? If, if the power of the Holy Spirit were turned off in the church, would we take notice? And would it be business as usual? Um, A.W. Tozier, late pastor A.W. Tozier, was concerned about this very thing. If, if you've never read Tozier's book, The Pursuit of God, I would highly, highly recommend it. 
wonderful book, and I would highly recommend uh, uh, that is such a powerful read. But A.W. Tozer said this. He says, if the Holy Spirit was withdrawn from the church today, 95% of what we would do would go on and no one would know the difference. If the Holy Spirit had been withdrawn from the New Testament church, 95% of what they did would stop and everybody would know the difference. There's, there's something that's been in my spirit over the last couple months. And um, it, I think God's been kind of working this in my heart and my spirit. And I've, I've listened to some other pastors talk about this and it's just kind of like touched on something in, in my heart and my life. And I'm, I'm looking at it and I'm speaking to my own personal life where it's, God, how much am I really depending on your Holy Spirit to work in my life? Because I think it's easy for us to, to, to look at a relationship with God as kind of like Father, Son, and Holy Bible. But they're, they're, the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, works in perfect unity. And, and there's a purpose for the Holy Spirit working in our lives. And we see this over and over and over in, in the Word of God of how the Holy Spirit just was such a, 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 an influence and a power in the church to allow the church to do things that they never thought they could do. Now, now listen, I know the church, we need to be organized you know, we need to be, make sure that we're structured. I think all those things are good, but I think maybe, let me just speak, let me just speak to you. I think maybe we, if we're not careful, we can fall into this leadership thing where the church becomes a business. And, and we can run the church like a business. We know what to say. We know what to do. We know the right programs to run. And we can draw people. But if it's without the presence of the Holy Spirit, we're missing something. And you're going to miss something in your lives. And I just don't want to do, I don't want to have church as just business. And I don't want church just as, as this usual, just same old, same old, where we, we know the right scriptures and we sit in our classes or, you know, we, we read it for ourselves. But, but then it just becomes this mundane thing where I know what to do and I know what to say and I know what to read. And, and, and I can just do church as, as usual and just kind of get by. And, and we, can, we can make church look like church but I believe we can make church look like church without the presence of the Holy Spirit. And I don't want that for us. I don't want that for my life. And so that's why I want to take just the next four weeks and look at how the Holy Spirit can change your life. And then I believe how it can, how it can radically change the culture and the dynamics of our church as we depend on that power of the Holy Spirit for living every single day of our lives. And I believe the reason why some of us walk maybe in defeat or maybe weakness in our lives, or, or maybe struggle so often, is I think the problem is there's not that dependency on the Holy Spirit like we should have. And I believe when we can find that dependency on the Holy Spirit, you're going to draw from a source of power and strength that will help you in your everyday living. It'll give you comfort and strength and guidance and wisdom. And so I want us to, I just want us to look into what the word of God says about the Holy Spirit and, and how we can draw from it. And so we're going to kind of be looking at Luke uh, 24. If you've got your Bibles or you can uh, look up at the screens. Or, but I, I want you to see here um, what, what Jesus says about the importance of the Holy Spirit. So, so let me give you a little context to Luke 24. Um, Jesus is, is getting ready to ascend. 
He's, he's teaching the disciples, once again, the things that are most important. And the one thing he's going to tell his disciples and his followers is he says, you don't do anything until you've been empowered with the Holy Spirit. Don't do anything. You wait until that gift of the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And that Holy Spirit will give you the strength and the power to be thrusted out into the world to do what I've called you to do. And so I, I, I want us to look at what Jesus says here. In Luke chapter 24, verses, I'm going to start with verse 45. And it says, and he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. And he told them, this is what is written, that Christ will suffer and rise from the dead. And on, and on the third day, and repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. And I'm going to send you what my father has promised but stay in the city until you've been clothed with power from on high. And I want to look at those words, clothed with power from on high. What is Jesus talking about there? Well, what Jesus is talking about is he's talking about the promise of the Holy Spirit that would come when Jesus would leave. So it was important that Jesus would leave, but he's not going to leave them alone. He says, I have to go because if I don't go, then this gift, this promise that my father is going to give the church cannot come. And so when Jesus ascends to heaven, this promise of the father will come and give the church power to do what God has called them to do. And so there's two things that Jesus emphasizes in this passage that, first of all, the Holy Spirit will help us share the message of Jesus. That the Holy Spirit will help us share the message of Jesus. It's going to empower us to share the message of Jesus. And the Holy Spirit is going to give us power to do what Jesus has called us to do. So we're not going to be alone. We're going to have this endowment of power. And, and Jesus says, this is the, the key. The key is the presence and indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And so Acts chapter 1 gives us insight into the importance of the Holy Spirit. And so Jesus tells his disciples that the Holy Spirit is going to make all the difference in their lives. So let me, let me jump over to Acts 1 here and show you what Jesus once again tells them about the importance of the Holy Spirit. So starting with verse 4, it says, Once again, he was eating with them, and he, and he commanded them, Do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends the gift he promised. As I told you before, John baptized you with water, but just in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And so when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? He replied, our father alone has the authority to set those dates and times. And they are not for you to know, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And so here's Jesus' commissioning. He says, listen, what's happening now is not about restoring this physical kingdom. We need to restore the spiritual kingdom of God. And the only way you're going to do this is through the presence of the Holy Spirit. It's not going to come through some physical act. It's going to come through a spiritual one. And it starts with the Holy Spirit coming on the church. So the disciples want to know, is this the time of establishing um, God's kingdom and freeing Israel from Rome? And Jesus says, no. Jesus, Jesus corrects them and teaches them that freedom will come through the proclamation of the gospel, not military force. And that's what changed the world. 
What changed the world was these ragtag disciples being filled with the Holy Spirit and turning their world upside right for Jesus Christ. That's what happens. That's what the Holy Spirit does. And so true power will come through the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit. Not a political coup, but the presence and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. So Jesus told them, he said, listen, wait in Jerusalem until you've been filled with the Holy Spirit. And so this is exactly what happens. If you read through Acts chapter 2, this is exactly what happens. The followers of Jesus were gathered together um, during the Feast of Pentecost. And the Feast of Pentecost was the second annual feast celebrating the harvest and occurred 50 days after Passover. And it was during Passover we know that Jesus was crucified. And it was during this time that the apostles as well as followers of Jesus received the indwelling power of the Holy Spirit. And at that moment, the church was launched. At that moment, Peter goes out and begins to preach to those. And we see right away 3,000 were added to the church. And it's important for us to understand that there is absolutely no church without the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. There is no church without the Holy Spirit. I believe with all my heart, the giftings, what God has for us is for today. If anybody tells you, no, that was for the early church, there is no scripture that supports it. And so what we read in scriptures, when we see the Holy Spirit in a dynamic way in, in, in the life of the early church, God gives that for the church today that we may operate in those things so that we may build up God's kingdom. And so we don't do it Alone, God wants us to be dependent on the Holy Spirit to give you strength in your life. I remember just as a, as a young follower of Jesus, and I remember feeling so weak. I remember feeling, can, can I share the gospel? I'm, I'm, I'm scared to death to do this. And I remember we had this one outreach, went to the 1984 Olympic Games, and we, we would go on the streets and tell people about Jesus. And so I'm 17 years old, brand new Christian. I'm like, I, I can't do this. I'm, gonna, I'm like, you know... this is scary for me. What what would I say if somebody asked me a question that I don't know? And I remember my youth there saying, Barton, just just share about Jesus. Just share your testimony, how he changed you, and and God will help you. And so knees knocking, you know, going out there and just sharing with people. We did dramas, and people would stand around and watch our dramas, which I think were terrible, but people would watch it anyways. And talking about the story of Jesus. And, and I remember there was one gentleman there from, from, from France. And he was watching. He goes, well, what, what are you guys doing? Where are you, what's, you know, what are you doing? What, what's going on? I said, oh, we're, you know, we're just sharing about the love of Jesus. He goes, on the streets? And I go, yeah, yeah. He goes, well, where are you from? I said, New York. And, and he's like, wow, that, that's really cool. He goes, you know, I was brought up in the church and I was an altar boy and I've just never guessed somebody would be on the streets telling people about Jesus. That, that's pretty, pretty neat. And uh, he began to talk to me about why he left God and we began to share. And for some reason, in that encounter, I just felt the presence and the power of God that I never felt before. And I remember going back to my youth pastor going, man, I had this great conversation. I got to pray with this guy in the street. And I don't even remember what I said, but I just, and he goes, Barden, that was the Holy Spirit giving you guidance and and strength to to share what God wanted you to share. And, but it was, it was, it was taking, it's hard for us, isn't it? To take that step of faith, but you don't take it alone. God says, listen, I give you this gift so you don't take this step alone. I'm going to give you the power and the presence to help you 
to, to give you words, to, to give you insight, to help you with people that, that are around you, that, that God just lays them on your heart where you just say, you know, I need to speak into this person's heart. I need to share your love. That's the Holy Spirit drawing you, moving you. We need that dependency on the Holy Spirit. And he wants to use you in such a great way if you allow that presence to work in your life. So it's important to understand that there is no church without the Holy Spirit. We can't operate as the true church of God, of God without the Holy Spirit. And, that, and that's my desire at Living Word, that it's not something that's kooky or weird. It doesn't have to be. But it's something that's empowered by God to do the work that he's called us to do. And so I want us to do our best to have that boldness to be a witness for Christ. So, so the, the purpose, here's the purpose. The purpose of the Holy Spirit is to give us that boldness to share the story of Jesus. That's the purpose. Jesus says, you will have power to be my witnesses, to go into all the world, to share my message with the lost and dying people. And that's the very thing that happened on the day of Pentecost. Peter stood up, if you read the rest of Acts chapter 2, and shared with those onlookers of what's happening. And he began to open up the scriptures to them. Peter, a fisherman, began to open up the scriptures to them and show them exactly why Jesus came and what he did. It was all done through the power of the Holy Spirit. And so Jesus tells his disciples two things that are vital that will identify the church as we see Luke 24. So let me read this again, because this is important. So what, what Jesus does for us, he helps us to identify the two main ingredients here of what happens when we're um, moved by the Holy Spirit or when the Holy Spirit takes charge of our life. Look at verse 47 again. And I, I want to look at this. He says, he says, this is the message. It says, and repentance and forgiveness of sin will be preached in the name to what? All nations beginning at Jerusalem. That's where it started. And then the church thrust it out beyond Jerusalem. And he says, and I'm going to send you what my father has promised, but stay in the city until you've been clothed with power from on high. So here's Jesus's instructions. He said, wait till you've been clothed with power from on high. You will be my witnesses starting right here in Jerusalem. And then it's going to spread to the uttermost parts of the world. And that's why you and I are sitting here today. Praise be to God. Amen. Because the gospel is still going forward 2,000 years later. Why? Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. You can't stop it. You can't stop it. You can try, but you can't. Countries have tried to stop it and eliminate God. But guess what? It gets in. People smuggle in Bibles. There's house churches. That's why we need to pray for the persecuted church. I love it. I love hearing those stories of what God is doing around the world, especially those that are hostile to the gospel of Jesus Christ. So he gives, Jesus shares two things. He gives them the message. And he says the message or the gospel, the good news, glad tidings is this, is that our sins are forgiven for those who repent. That's the message that we're given, that Jesus came for good, perfect people who had no problems, right? That, that's who he came for, right? No, he came for sinners. He came for messy people. That's the message. And through repentance, we can find forgiveness. Jesus became our substitute on the cross. He took our sins upon himself. That's the beautiful message. And so then he tells them, listen, the way this message is going to go forth is that he gives us the vehicle. And the vehicle to deliver that message is through the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will literally be the driving force in our lives that helps us to deliver that message. Now, when I was younger, I had a, I had a dirt bike. I had a 
like a 1975 Suzuki 185 Enduro dirt bike, and I loved it. And I loved my parent. My grandparents had property in the Bristol Hills, and I would ride my dirt bike all over the place. And I used to love going up the hills. And the the, the it wasn't me doing it. It was my motorcycle, right? It gave me the power to, to do those. Those of you that love horses, same way. The power is in the horses to help you go places and go up and do things and go fast. And it's fun. You feel that power. And that's what God says. I am not going to leave you alone. I'm going to give you a power. The power, the vehicle to thrust you out there, to give you boldness, is the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life. That's what gives you the power to do it. And so Jesus says, listen, the Holy Spirit is, is literally going to be this power behind your life, this vehicle behind your life to do the things you thought you could never do. And so there are two words that I want you to see that describe um, the Holy Spirit in the Word of God. And as we look into the Old Testament, there's this Hebrew word, and it's the, and it's the Hebrew word ruach. Let's all say that together, ruach. Ready? One, two, three. Ruach. You got to sound like you're you're hacking up a loogie, okay? Because that's the correct Jewish way of doing it. So there's that word ruach, and what's interesting, the parallel between the Old Testament and the New Testament with the Holy Spirit. There's a common denominator. There's a common thread in the meaning of the Holy Spirit. And the word spirit, ruach, in the Old Testament literally means wind, breath, or spirit. So when you see those words um, in the Old Testament, it's translated in the Hebrew ruach. And it was the ruach, or the breath or wind of God, that gives life to creation. So it, the spirit um, is, is given this description as, as wind or breath. You may not see it, but you know it's there. You could, I woke up this morning because I, I could hear the wind. It actually woke me up. I could hear the, you know, the wind just blowing. You, it, you hear it. You don't see it, but you hear it. And, and that's, that's the description that's given to the Holy Spirit. In, in the New Testament, it's, it's the word, it's the Greek word pneuma. And it carries exactly the same meaning as the Old Testament, as, as breath or wind. If you see the, uh, in, the, in the New Testament, the Holy Spirit came upon the church, it was described as a wind. Um, and so we, we see it described exactly the same way. Jesus was talking with a, with a very religious man named Nicodemus. And, and Jesus is trying to explain uh, to Nicodemus the presence of the Holy Spirit in one's life. Because that's what truly changes somebody. It's not, it's not the religious calisthenics that you go through that changes a person. right? Going to church is a good thing. Would we all agree with that? But, but going to, just going to church in Syria is not, it's not what changes us. You know, God's not going to ask, did you, did you go to church? That's good. You went to church. But was there a change in your life? And so what Jesus is trying to explain to Nicodemus, it's not about being religious. It's not whether or not you kept all the rules. That great for you. But he said there has to be a change in your life. And what changes your life is the presence of the Holy Spirit. And so what Jesus says, he has this conversation in John chapter 3 with Nicodemus. And, and Jesus tells this religious leader that only someone who is born again can enter heaven. He says it's, it's not whether or not you went to church your whole life or you went through some religious classes. He says it's the person that's been born again. And Jesus explains to him that it's the Holy Spirit that changes us and indwells us. And you can't receive the Spirit through man-made efforts. And so look at John chapter 3. John chapter 3, 6 through 8, he's speaking to him. And here's what he explains to Nicodemus. He says, 
Humans can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. So don't be surprised when I say you must be born again. The wind, now listen, listen how, listen how Jesus explains this. This is how he explains it to Nicodemus, a very smart man, a very religious man. And this man would come to follow Christ. He says, listen, listen to the wind. He goes, you, you can't, the wind blows wherever it wants. Just as you can hear the wind, like we hear it right now, I can hear it creak in the church. You can hear the wind, but you can't tell where it comes from or where it's going. So you can't explain how people are born of the Spirit. And so what Jesus does is he likens the Holy Spirit to wind. Now, why does Jesus do that? Why do we see wind in the Old Testament or breath? Why do we see this explained in the New Testament? Well, the Holy Spirit is something you can't see, but it's definitely tangible. You may not see it, but it's definitely tangible. You, you can feel him. The Holy Spirit is tangible in the way that it, it actually changes us. Having that experience on the streets in L.A. in 1984 was a tangible way where I felt the, it, was the, it wasn't me because I was scared to death. My knees were knocking. It, it, it was the Holy Spirit within me that gave me that strength to do the things that I, could, I never thought that I could do. It was the Holy Spirit. Now, I was younger. I had a stuttering problem. And if you were to ask me when I was 8, 9, 10 years old that I would have to stand in front of people every week and deliver a message, I would say, you're crazy because I stuttered. Anytime that I would have to get up in front of people and speak and do an oral report, I would never sleep the night before. It terrified me because I was worried about getting laughed at if I stuttered over some of my words, right? And so when, when there was a calling in my life to stand, I, I didn't never like standing in front of talking to people. I was scared to death to do it. And when I became a Christian, a follower of God, all of a sudden I felt this calling in my life. I said, God, I can't do this. I don't like talking in front of people. That's not a good thing if that's what you do for your living, right? And, 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 and that's where I remember just talking to my youth pastor and talking to my parents and having them pray for me. There was such a dependency on the Holy Spirit to say, God, I need you to do this in my life because I can't do it. I can't do it without you. I don't have the giftings, the natural giftings to do that. I need your help through this. And that's where the Holy Spirit helps us. It's a tangible way. It's a way that, that changes us. There's, there's fruit that comes from a life that's indwelt by, by the Holy Spirit. There's, there's joy and peace the Bible talks about. Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. There are things that begin to happen in your life. You're like, man, I am changing. Why are you changing? It's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit within you. There's fruit that comes forth from your life. The Holy Spirit gives you power that you never thought you would have. Through the Holy Spirit, we're given spiritual gifts to build up the church, gifts of faith and healing to, 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 to build up the church that you never thought you had. That's a gift that, that the Holy Spirit gives us to build up the body of Christ. There are sometimes that people have spoken into my life through the, through the working of the Holy Spirit, and they were spot on. I'm like, man, God, you're so good. It was just a word that someone had to encourage my life. And that, that's a gifting of the Holy Spirit to encourage someone, a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom that the Holy Spirit can give to you to build up the body of Christ. And that's what the Holy Spirit does. So it's described as wind. We, we may not see it. We may not, it may not be something tangible, but we feel it. We know it's working in our lives. And that's, what, and that's how God wants us to experience his presence, to know that he's there, that he's comforting us, that we can know the Holy Spirit is there. 
So, so who, who is the Holy Spirit? Who, who is the Holy Spirit? Because it's easy to talk about God the Father and, and, and Jesus, the only Son of God. But who is the Holy Spirit? And I want you to realize that the Holy Spirit is not a force, but actually a person. The Holy Spirit is part of the Godhead. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, coexistent and, and co-eternal person who is God. And we are invited to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. And so the Holy Spirit is actually a person, which means that the Holy Spirit is personal. The Holy Spirit is, is a divine person because he possesses the mind, he possesses emotion, and a will. And so we can have this personal relationship with the Holy Spirit. I like what Paul says here in 1 Corinthians. He says, but it was to us that God revealed these things by his Spirit, for his spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deep secrets. Isn't that wonderful? See, the Holy Spirit possesses mind, emotion, and will and shows us actually the will of God and the deeper things of God. The Holy Spirit can be grieved, the Bible says. That we can, we can cause the Holy Spirit to have sorrow over our sin. Paul says to the church in Ephesus, he says, and do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, he has identified you as his own, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. And so the, the Holy Spirit is that person. The, the Holy Spirit is someone that we can actually grieve in our hearts. I love how the Holy Spirit's also described by Jesus. He's described as our comforter, one who will stand by our side. Jesus describes it this way in John 14. He says, and I will pray to the father and he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Isn't that wonderful? A comforter is one that actually stands. The word there is actually in the Greek paraclete. It's, it's one that stands on our side. It's kind of one that comes to our defense, uh, kind of like a lawyer or a counselor. That, that, that's what the word means. And so it's, he comes to our defense he gives us comfort in, in our times of, of sorrow and trial. It gives us hope to know that we are God's and gives us that reassurance that we are God's children. Isn't that wonderful? The Holy Spirit is there just to, you got this. The Holy Spirit's the one that encourages you. When you feel down and all of a sudden you just feel like, man, I feel this peace over my life. That's the Holy Spirit giving you comfort coming along your side. It's your defender. And, that, and that's one of the workings of the Holy Spirit in our life to give us that encouragement in our lives. And so here's the thing I, I want us to be careful about. If we're not careful um, as a church and, and individuals, we can, we can look very good on the outside, very beautiful on the outside, um, but what God is mostly concerned about in our lives is what's going on in our hearts and our lives. What's going on in here? It's not, the, it's, it's not the thing we try to portray to the world. Because how, how many of us, we always, we always yeah, everything's great. You know, how you doing? Everything's great. It's great. Meanwhile, you're dying inside, but you feel like that's the Christian thing to say because you just want to say, hallelujah. Hashtag blessed, right? You just want to, but inside you're hurting. And, and I think as individuals in the church, here's something that if we're not careful about, that, that we can try to look beautiful on the outside, but really not be empowered on the inside. 
And, and it would be the same as describing the church as a beautiful sailboat that never goes out on the water. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine having these plans to build this beautiful 40-foot sailboat? And, and, and let's say you build a barn, this big, huge barn to build this big 40-foot sailboat. And you spend years to build this sailboat right to the specifications to what you want. And it's just beautiful. And you invite people over to see this, this beautiful sailboat. And people come in and they ooh and ah and they look at your barn. Wow, you built a barn to build this sailboat. And it just, you, you, got, you got wood from Lebanon. You got the cedars of Lebanon to build your boat, right? You got, you got the best wood. You got everything perfect. It's immaculate. You varnish it and you do all the other stuff to whatever you would do to build a boat, right? And you bring people over and they see it and they see it. But then, but then it just it stays in the barn. It just stays there. And then, and then over time, it just begins to get dust on it. And, 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 and that's all it is. It's just a barn, a beautiful boat in a barn collecting dust, You see, a sailboat was never meant to sit in a barn and be looked at and collect dust. The purpose of a sailboat is to go out on the water and experience the wind. Some of you here today have not experienced that wind yet in your life. See, God wants more than just us to sit in the four walls of this church, right? He actually wants us to experience his life, his power out in the world. And that's what the Holy Spirit does. The wind of the Holy Spirit helps us to experience what God wants us to experience in the world. The church was not created to sit inside these four walls, but it was actually created to go out into the world to experience what God wants us to experience. And if we're not careful, we can be the same way as the church. We can, we can know about the Holy Spirit. We can study about the Holy Spirit, but really never experience the Holy Spirit working in our lives. And see, the, the Holy Spirit wants to speak into your life. He, he wants to give you comfort. He wants to convict your hearts on, on waywardness. He wants to give you strength in your life to stand for him. But he wants us to be out there. He wants you to experience him every single day in your lives. And so here's, 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 here's my hope over the next month. Is that, is that you would begin to ask the Holy Spirit to really work in your lives. And, and I, wouldn't, I, wouldn't, I would encourage you um, to begin to read through like Romans chapter 12, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Things that, that talk about the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We're going to talk about more about that in the coming weeks. Um, but, but I want to encourage you um, to really begin to say, is my life a sailboat sitting in the barn? Am I really experiencing? And I'm not talking. Let me be careful. I'm not talking about goofy. I'm, I'm not talking about goofy stuff. Okay. But what I, I want to challenge you is, 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 is my life a life that's sitting in the barn and I'm not really experiencing the presence of God in my life through the presence of the Holy Spirit. 
And, and I want us to be careful as a church that we don't allow business as usual. Um, I, I, want, I want us to experience the Holy Spirit to where God moves on our individual hearts and our lives. That we begin to experience the movement of the Holy Spirit in our individual lives as you're reading God's word, as you're praying. God's just impressing on your heart different things and praying for different people. Whatever it may be that, that you just experience that presence and that power in your individual lives. And, and, and there may be some of you here today and you just feel like, you know, Pastor, really my, my, my Christian walk has really been just, it's there. It's not that I don't love Jesus. But if I were to describe my Christian walk on a scale of 1 to 10 and vibrant being 10 and 1 just kind of being, it's there, you know, I'd probably be closer to the one side than I am to the 10 side. And I think, I think, the missing element might be the Holy Spirit. That power and that presence of the Holy Spirit in your life. And listen, we all go through times of mundaneness in our Christian walk, don't we? We go through those times of trial. We go through those times of, of asking questions. But I want you to realize that the purpose of God sending his Holy Spirit to the early church is that they would never feel alone. That they would never lack anything from God. That God would equip them with what they needed to be equipped with to present his gospel to this world. Now listen, we can can do it in our own strength, right? We, We can do a lot of things in our own strength, but be out of the will of God. And God wants that dependency on, on the Holy Spirit. You know, I was thinking about this. Just, I'm going to close and we're going to pray. And my gift to you is a short service today. Okay, so God bless you. Okay. <laughs> but here's the thing. Yeah, amen. Um, here's, here, here, here's the thing. I, I, um, I was thinking about this the other day. Was, I was reading about um, a missionary that we support. And they work in Nepal. And what they do is they, they she, this, our missionary support, the Johnsons, she was actually in my youth group when I was a youth pastor. And she, she, I, I follow her on Instagram. She sends us a letter. And, and what's amazing to me is what they do is they go into um, villages that have never heard the gospel, never. And I remember one time years ago, she sent me a picture. And she goes, Pastor Brian, I just, I just want to show you a picture. This village that you see beyond that village They've never heard the gospel. And we're going there. She goes, would you pray that the Holy Spirit would lead us and guide us and give us the right words? Because they have to learn the Nepali language and the different dialects. I mean, they're a very smart couple. But when they walk through there, they see just the sex slave industry. They see poverty. They see so much. And when you see one life or two lives that are changed by God, it's a, it's a miracle. It's an absolute miracle. And hearing the stories of, the, of lives changed through the power of the Holy Spirit from a life that was so in bondage and turmoil and, and poverty and, and how God changed them and how there's this dependency on the Holy Spirit, 
and, and you read their newsletter, and it's like, we can't do it without the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. And you see such a dependency in, a, in, in other missionaries that we read of or, or people around the world that are struggling with, you know, just persecution. And I'm like, you know, God, is, is my dependency on you like that? Because I can just go to the doctor. You know, I can just, you know, do I really, do I really pray? Do I really ask for your wisdom in some ways? God, is there, is there that dependency on your Holy Spirit for wisdom in my life and your leading in my life? I don't know at times. And that's, that's what kind of disturbs me. I go, God, I, I, I want that dependence, dependency on you. And that's where God says, that's where the presence of my Holy Spirit will come into your life and give you my comfort, give you power, give you meaning in your life to help you with your decisions. It's that presence. And there are going to be times where you're going to feel lonely. And you're going to feel maybe the trial has overwhelmed you. And there's at times that you're going to have with the Lord. And that presence of the Holy Spirit is going to be right there. And you're going to know it. You're going to feel it. God's going to reiterate it to your heart. And you're going to say, thank you, God, for your Holy Spirit. I need it. I need your Holy Spirit. And that's my prayer for you is that there would just be that dependency. Going along as we study God's word, we need to know God's word, amen? We need it, right? We need to know our doctrines. We need to know our teachings. It's all important. We need to know that so we can refute false teaching. But let me just say this. Let's balance it. Can we do that? Let's balance it with the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Amen? Can I pray for you today? Would you bow your heads with me? And uh, I want to pray for you today. How many would you say is just you're here today and you're praying? You just say, Pastor Barden, um, I just need that presence in my life. I need God's presence in my life. I need that power in my life. I, I've, I've, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be honest and just say I've been lacking that. There's been my, my Christian walk is a little lackluster. And, 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 and maybe it's the Holy Spirit in my life. Father God, I just pray that you would that you would just speak to us, God. That, Lord, you would help us to realize that you've given us the precious gift of your Holy Spirit to empower the church and to empower individuals to do what you called us to do. That doesn't mean our life is going to be perfect or we're not going to have trials. But, Lord, you've given us a comforter, one that will stand by, uh, stand by our sides. But Lord, if we're not careful, we can, we can easily ignore the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We can talk about it, we can study it, but it's different from, from experiencing it and, and having the vibrancy of the Holy Spirit active in our hearts and our lives. And so Lord, I pray that, that for the next month we would, we would be on a pursuit as we study your word and as we study the scriptures to know the Holy Spirit but also to know the Holy Spirit in a real living way so that our lives, God, can be propelled into this world that we might be your witnesses, God. So we thank you for your word today. We thank you, Holy Spirit, 
Lord, we pray that you would lead and guide us individually and that Holy Spirit, you would lead and guide our church as we walk in that presence. So Lord, just work in our hearts and our lives, we pray. And we just want to be careful to ask all these things in Jesus' wonderful name. In Jesus' wonderful name. Amen? Amen? Can we?